I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. So it's a really great tool in aligning us with the truth. Just being in the vibration of it, even if you never ask a question, is enough to heal us because we align with the vibration of our soul. It's like a homecoming. It's very emotional for a lot of people, like good tears, right? Like wedding tears. And then hearing the truth, as we know, sets us free. We hear that all the time. It's actually true. When we get the full perspective of various situations or we get the full perspective of who we really are. No, you know, like a lot of people will say to me, I don't know if I'm really here for a purpose. I don't know if I really matter. Hello, hello friends, Gemma, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And this year, once a month, I have been reintroducing old but gold episodes that made quite an impact on this podcast. And this one, I mean, everything Akashic Records is one that definitely opened my eyes as well as many others. And when I think of the Akashic Records, I think of a boundless vault where every thought, every action, every experience that has ever transpired in the grand theater of existence is meticulously cataloged. It is a reservoir of all that has been, all that is, and all that ever shall be. So Akashic Records, within it lies the essence of every soul, and in a sense it feels as though it is etched into these hollowed pages. And it is said that every heartbeat, every tear shed, every laughter shared, everything we've experienced is imprinted upon this sacred canvas from all our lives that we've lived. And uh, it is a living testament to the interconnectedness of all life and a testament to the symphony of souls that dance through the ages. And so through the veil of time, the seekers of truth and wisdom may access this Akashic record, which is like a cosmic library, and they navigate its boundless corridors and seek insights and revelations that transcend the limitations of mortal understanding. And so in the presence of the Akashic records, one becomes a witness to this grand narrative of existence and they are a participant in the eternal dance of creation and evolution. And while this episode is to explore and deeply understand from an expert of what is the Akashic Records, understand why it may be significant for us to access 
tap into this episode that took place in 2018 with Jennifer Longmore and Jennifer is an internationally acclaimed radio host, a two-time best-selling author, healer, and speaker known for creating a six-figure enterprise within the first 10 months of launching her own healing practice. And so Jennifer, she loves to teach spirit-based entrepreneurs how to create highly conscious businesses and let go of their money stories that hold them back and how the Akashic Records might help us out with that, which I think is so interesting to integrate Akashic Records and also shifting our money story. So with all that being said, before I trail off into the episode, I want to remind you, eyesofaspen.com, my online boutique with meticulously crafted jewelry, spellbinding journals, mystical tarot decks, and so much more magic is up and running and it's a testament to the artistry and craftsmanship of talented artisans. And so for a little extra magic for you, use the code BEGINAGAIN one word, no spaces, at checkout to receive 20% off. And so yeah, visit eyesofaspen.com. Now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin again with Jennifer Longmore. Jennifer Longmore. Oh, your name, by the way, has such a great ring to it. Welcome. Thank you. I used to hate my name and I know hate's a strong word and I used to get made fun of a lot as a kid. And then when I realized that Jennifer stands for purity and um, my last name really is abundance, right? Longmore. So then I'm pure abundance, which I think is pretty cool. That is so fitting for today's topic too, because you're going to teach us how to live in pure abundance. So that's fascinating. Are you in New York right now? I'm in Toronto. Oh, to, oh to, that's right. You're Canadian. Yep. I'm Canadian. Yeah. I'm Canadian. Oh, vote that. We get away with a lot more than Americans do, sadly. Especially these days. Yeah, we get a pass. Other Americans don't get a pass when they're not so pleasant in person or they give someone the wrong look. But Canadians, we can do no wrong for the most part. I mean, Wait, is like, that even possible for Canadians to give somebody a mean look? I don't even know if that's in your guys' oh, being. Yeah. We have massive, we're very passive aggressive here. We don't like to vote, but we like to complain about Mm. politics and we apologize for everything. Oh, sorry that you banged into me. Oh, sorry you ran over my car with your grocery cart. So yeah, we're very cute up here. So true. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. And I want to hear all about your life. In fact, that's going to be my first question because Jennifer, I am so interested in your life's path from birth to present day because in the crib, you were seeing orbs and like beings and even your connection today with your guides is probably even stronger. So tell us your story. Well, it's a long and winding road. I'm <laughs> just kidding. That is fine. We got, we got uh, yeah. a bit of time. Well, you can imagine, and I'm sure there's a lot of folks listening right now that have had similar experiences, but when you're young, you don't have the comprehension and you also don't have the language skills to describe what's happening. So a lot of this I had in isolation, even though I grew up in a very spiritual family, I didn't know how to articulate this, but I was seeing, I had all kinds of visitors at night. I had my teddy bears would fly around the room and by fly, I don't mean like violently, but they would kind of levitate and float around and... Mm -hmm. I would get a lot of messages and I'd always be telling my parents at like two and three years old, oh, so-and-so's, so-and-so called, they're going to cancel their visit today and they're going to come over another time. And then the phone would ring in like two minutes and that would happen and they would look at me like, what is happening? So it just kind of became a thing. And then I went for my first past life regression when I was four with my parents and uh, they went in as a couple to figure out, you know, what, uh, what they came together for in this lifetime, because they had a very strong pull. They met in high school. They were 18 and six months later, they got married and they're still married to this day. So they had a lot of curiosity around why do we have this magnetic pull? And then of course, of all the beings that they could bring into the world, why was it me? And what was my unfinished business with each of them? And then collectively as a unit, because we're a nice little triangle, I ended up being an only child. 
So um, we had to navigate all of that stuff. And even with all of that knowledge, even with having my maternal grandfather as a psychic medium that solved crimes with the police, I still felt very abnormal. And I still had the same human struggles as everyone else, wanting to fit in, wanting to be loved, accepted, and respected, fearing abandonment and rejection, and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to navigate this gift in a world that actually has a ton of people like us, but nobody has permission to talk about it. Or at least back then, there wasn't a lot of permission to talk about that. So that was kind of the early years. And then I was pretty angry with the universe. Uh, I couldn't understand why I'd been given this thing that I actually thought was a curse. At times, I thought I was going crazy. And then I decided, well, me being angry and me resisting it isn't making it go away. So I should probably just lean into it (laughs) and see what happens. So by the time I turned 17, 18, I started going to like past life regression circles with my mom and crystal groups and different things. My mom bought me You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay when I was 17, Mm. which was a big deal because that kind of stuff was out there, but it was still very, very on the periphery. Mm -hmm. And uh, But like all of us, we're conditioned to follow a conventional path. You go and get a job. That's the only legitimate way to make money. That's the only worthy and noble way of making money. You have to work hard and you have to work hard for the money you have. So I went off to university. I became a forensic investigator and did that for many years. So uh, that was interesting because it's very challenging to know stuff and not be able to gather evidence to prove your knowing, right? And to really try to convince people that certain things should be happening legally but not necessarily being able to collect the evidence of that. And uh, at that time, I also got my Reiki mastery. So it became really challenging for me vibrationally to be in that environment. And it wasn't the people. Uh, I actually liked my clients, even though they were angry. (laughs) They were angry that I was, you know, um, asking them why they're sexually abusing their children or, you know, why, why they tried to kill their child or whatever these intense things were. They were actually decent with me. But uh, it was such a toxic, chaotic, crisis-oriented environment that uh, I just vibrationally couldn't be there anymore. It was becoming harder and harder. So I didn't realize that I could do what I do now for a living. It just didn't even occur to me that there would be a job, let alone a business I could create. I I wasn't in the energy of possibility. And um, then I started finding people that were doing what I wanted to do. So I started studying them, right? I started going to these networking events. And um, just learning the speak, right? Like, I think it's great for us to go and immerse ourselves in, in the jargon that other people are speaking to see if it resonates. Because I felt like they were aliens to me at the time, right? Not bad, but just like, I don't understand your language. What are you speaking? Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so I started observing and I realized, hey, you know what? If they can do this, I can do it too. Not from a place of competition, but just from a place of, you know what? Um, there's more than enough room for me in this field. And yes, I'm younger than everyone else. And yes, I, um, you know, have some constructs I'm going to have to collapse as far as beliefs and so on. I'm going to go make a go of it. And um, took the leap and trusted the net would catch me and still pooped my pants for about two months after I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I tell this story to my clients when I do business coaching that I was so afraid of, what people would think of me and all the typical things we all go through, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That my fear became so boring that I actually said, okay, I'm tired with this Groundhog Day fear. You're no longer, I'm no longer afraid of you. I'm actually bored of you now. So I'm going to go and just have adventure with this. I'm just going to go and see what happens. I'm going to go to a networking event, even though people may judge me, even though people may not understand me, even though everyone may turn their back on me or be rude to me or tell me to leave or whatever my monkey mind is telling me. And every time I went out from a place of awe and wonder and adventure, instead of fear, not only did I have amazing things happen, but I had the end better happen all the time. And I ended up manifesting my five-year vision within like three months, as soon as I decided that fear was boring. And, uh, but then, you know, from that place, I kind of froze a little bit because I didn't know what was next. I didn't have a plan after the five-year plan. I thought my five-year plan, honestly, would never really, really come to fruition. So. Um, that's kind of the, the initial parts of my entrepreneurial journey. But yes, to your point, the more you do this work, the more in tune I get. And everyone else I know who's, who's on a spiritual path is listening in right now. And um, it makes the journey pretty fun. Oh my gosh, I am mind blown. I had no idea. So you were 
well, oh, I don't where do I even begin? Because you were one a forensic <laughs> investigator and I can't even imagine how that helped prompt you to teach you more about someone's soul's journey. And then yeah. having this five-year vision come into fruition <laughs> way sooner than five years. Wow. So where do I even begin on the, all the questions that are in my mind right now? So the forensics investigator, is that one of the ways that taught you that everybody has a soul journey? Oh, well, I think I knew that earlier on. But what that did teach me was I learned a lot about what drives people. I learned a lot about human behavior, cycles of violence, addiction, um, victim, persecutor, rescuer, triangle, all kinds of things that that are the same things my clients come to me with now. I'm just working in a different format. But one of the cool things it taught me was that there's really no definition of normal. So people can come and tell me anything. I've had people from all walks of life way back when it when it was real, like, I know it's still risky now, so don't get me wrong, <laughs> but when it was really risky to come forward and say, hey, I'm a woman living in a man's body, or, yeah. you know, I would have um, a, lot of, a lot of Muslim women actually would come to me because they couldn't talk within their own community because there was no confidentiality. And uh, people that had AIDS that were obviously holding a lot of shame around what people would say and how they would judge them. So I've talked with people from all walks of life with all different life experiences. And because I've seen so much and heard so much over the years, that really prepared me. So I can have a really loving, compassionate sort of poker face, right? Like there's nothing that really phases me. I, there might be one day something will be told to me that I'll think, oh my goodness, what happened here? But um, <laughs> no, you're probably not surprised by anybody's story now. No. And then what it does too, and I know we've all heard this before, we're all like one billionth of a degree of separation as far as our cellular structure. That's the mm -hmm. only difference between each of us. So we all have, we manifested in different ways, but we all have the same fears. We all have the same aspirations, mm -hmm. which is ultimately to feel free and expansive and to really have a great ride on this planet and in the universe. And we all fear abandonment and rejection. And what drives our decision, uh, our decision making, I should say every day is how can I protect myself from more abandonment and rejection? Or how can I mitigate that? Because we're very tribal by nature, right? That's, that's just part of our history as a human race through, through eons of, of time. So uh, when we realize that we're all going through the same stuff on some level, and we can all get each other on some level, it makes it a lot easier to support people. Yes, we all can relate with whatever emotion somebody is going through. Yet at the same time, that one billionth of uniqueness, that is something that also formulates our own stories around something. Because we all have our own different journeys, we all perceive whatever in a different light. And I know your message is this idea of a soul's journey. And that can sound so broad for so many people. And so I'm just curious, before we continue with this, how would you define a soul's journey and what are all your teachings about? Oh my goodness, that's a big question. <laughs> it's a simple and profound question at the same time. It's the one question that I think people will be like, what is a soul's journey as you talk about this? So we just have to lay yeah. it out there. It's a great question because our soul's on a journey, whether we realize it or not, just as we're always creating, whether we're consciously creating or unconsciously creating. So our soul is designed to be in the energy of possibility, it's designed to explore our job. Ultimately, all of us have the same purpose. We have, uh, you know, slightly different ways of expressing it, but our ultimate purpose is to be an extension of the universe, to be an extension of certain frequencies from the universe, whether it be joy or love or wisdom or whatever we're tasked with disseminating. And we go and evolve ourselves for our own evolution, because every time we evolve, we evolve the collective. We evolve the collective wisdom or the Akasha. And, um, and then we're also tasked with gathering wisdom, gathering experiences so we can also share it with other people. It doesn't have to be formal. The most people that are living very purposeful tend to build a formal container around it, which is a business. I'm not saying everyone has to do that, but that often is what people are compelled to do. And then it's our job to let the ebb and flow, let the balanced rhythmic interchange of energy coming in and energy coming out to be uh, shared with ourselves, with others, and with the universe. 
So we come in with an understanding of what we're, well, we, we may forget, but we come in, we build it into our plan to say, okay, in this particular incarnation as a human being, not aside from needing to learn how to be manifesting in the physical form, right? How to ground energy, how to create physical manifestations by our little poofs and our magic wands in the universe. We are here to clear out old pain around money or clear out old relationship issues. We have soul contracts with certain people and then we have soul contracts with certain patterns that we're here to either clear and or share with other people. We all bring in a level of mastery that helps us on our journey and we're here to cultivate certain um, new levels of mastery to then share with other people. Wow. And we're going to dive all into this now because <laughs> I want to know about the Akashic Records. And I want to know how we can also just align with our highest level of consciousness so we can accelerate our soul's journey. There's certain things that we want to be able to do on the in the physical form. The Akashic Records, by the way, you know, that's a moving energetic document, basically. It can be seen in physical form for sure if people are more visual that way, but it holds all of our thoughts and actions and so on from this lifetime and other lifetimes, and it informs our journey. So we can never possibly know everything in our records, even though on a cellular level we do, and on a conscious level we never will, nor do we want to spend all of our time going into the past. It's, we've been there. We've done that. We don't need that. We can go in and access information as it's relevant to the next steps of our journey. So I often hear from people, for example, that they're struggling with clarity. And we never struggle with clarity. We think we struggle with clarity. And I know this is, I'm going to say this with a warning label, because I know this might be a high trigger alert for folks who are listening that feel unclear. But clarity is like money. It's like our weight. It's like all these other things. It's not about the clarity. It's about what the lack of clarity is giving us. Is it giving us space? Is it giving us uh, permission to hide? Is it giving us a reason to stay stuck and stay small? Is it making us feel safe? Is it, you know, fill in the blank? Because clarity is not a destination. People keep saying, well, once I'm clear, then I'll move forward but it's actually a state of being. We can embody the energy of clarity as quickly as we want and know right away who we're here to serve or what our purpose is or whatever. But once we hear things, then we can't unhear them. And that's a scary thing for a lot of us because then we have to live with the choices we make and we have to live with whether we're going to act on something and the speed in which we act on it and how much support we allow in to make it happen. So it's never about the clarity it's always about our relationship to what we think is on the other side of it. If we're excited about the future and we're very future oriented like I am, I'm always eager to know, probably too eager at times to know what's next, right? Like I sometimes need to slow down and go, okay, just integrate this moment. Like, let's just take this in. And then there are folks that uh, for right, you know, for their own reasons, uh, and they come by it honestly, have reasons to fear the future. They don't always want to be clear because the future is scary to them. So why would you want to face something that's going to, you know, trigger your adrenals? Well, and we also have so many potential realities as well. It's whatever you're vibrating at at this time. But there are so many different opinions when it comes to this. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that your future could be one thing, however... If you just turn to a different path, just slightly, make like a 45 degree angle, you have a completely mm -hmm. different out reality that you will be walking towards. Yeah. That's the other thing that happens too, right? We have all these doors in front of us all the time. And some of us love to admire doors. And yeah. um, we, we're like, oh, that door is turquoise. I really love turquoise doors. And look at the innate handle on that door. It's so pretty. I could stand and look at this door forever. And then there's nine <laughs> other doors beside it. We're like, but that yeah. one's brass. I really like brass. And oh, look what they did with the window that they put, you know. And we we sit and admire all these doors of possibility. And yes, they're beautiful. And yes, there's so much potential on the other side. And at some point, we have to make a choice and say, okay, I'm aware that by choosing this door, I'm automatically closing all of these other nine doors for now. And I'm okay with that because I know that although I'm going to be given different experiences behind the turquoise door, 
that where it ultimately leads me is the same outcome as all the other nine doors, which is maybe personal mastery or being comfortable in my power or really learning about abundance or whatever that door is going to give us. So we have to be willing to say yes to things, right? In order to, in fact, a lot of moving forward is more of what we say no to than what we say yes to. Because we do like possibility and we do, well, at least for me, and I'm sure a lot of people listening, we do want to be able to say yes to as many things as possible and invitations. And we want to help people and we want to over deliver and all kinds of things. But at some point we have to say, okay, I, I have to release my fear of being wrong. I have to release my fear of missing out and I have to just pick a door and walk through it. Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep, and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code MAGIC magic for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. Okay, this is pretty awesome. So if you are into science-backed products when it comes to your health, your gut health, but also woman-owned products, I must introduce you to Equilibria. I'm so thankful I discovered them this year. I mean, Equilibria, they help you take on your wellness journey knowing that you have a dedicated one-on-one support to help you achieve your goals. So it's not like you're just taking a pill mindlessly. You actually get one-on-one support. That's awesome. And their signature product, which is EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense, it comes in a convenient three-in-one capsule form. And so this is specifically formulated to bolster digestive health and fortify gut barrier protection, among other benefits. And we know that a balanced gut not only enhances our immunity, but also contributes to our overall mental well-being and our quality of sleep, of course, having efficient digestion and even radiant skin. But what distinguishes Equilibria's probiotic supplement is its meticulous selection, which is tailored to women's health needs. And of course, like I said, science backed, and they're also ensuring affordability without compromising potency. And as someone who once struggled pretty severely with gut health issues for years, I intensified my focus on gut health in, I'd say around 2020 and I'm thrilled to have recently discovered these products this year as of course they're backed by research for women's well-being, they're women-owned, and they support overall microbiome health, warding off harmful bacteria and enhancing our nutrient absorption. So head to myeq.com and use code MAGIC for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com. Dot com and use code MAGIC at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Oh, and it's so powerful to say no. Whenever I am faced with this opportunity and I have a just an inkling of a question about it and it's not a complete hell yes, I feel like this could be a potential test. And it's funny what happens when another door opens once I say no. And it's a more colorful and brighter and more turquoise door <laughs> that yeah. I end up walking through. Yeah. And then it wasn't obvious, turquoise is my favorite color. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ooh, good to know. You can all mail me a piece of turquoise too. You are a very turquoise person, come to think of it. Well, my new website is coming out. I've been waiting for it for a while, but when it does, it's full of turquoise and gold. Beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. I love turquoise and gold. Okay, and now <laughs> to continue with talking about the Akashic Records, yes. I honestly thought of it as a holy grail of books, like a golden, mm. large, thick book that can access all of our soul's history and then when you open it it magically turns to your page and it glows in your face (laughs) like that's truly how I envision the Akashic Records but that's not quite how we access it (laughs) how can we tap in and read our Akashic Records and use this tool to transform our lives well I'm glad you asked that and it reminds me of something I missed out in my story which is that uh, just before I decided to really dive into the Akashic Records. I'd, I was still working in corporate, actually. I'd switched from working in forensics. I took a job that was truly a nine-to-five job, and I was um, tasked with doing like sexual harassment investigations and fraud investigations and so on for a very large corporation, and it was boring. Oh, my goodness, it was so boring. I was so used to, you know, 16-hour days and having my adrenals on fire all the time, which isn't good, and my adrenals didn't know how to adjust, but what happened was I um, got much more clarity in my dreams and I started having a lot of visitations at night with different things. And then one night I started getting this very ancient text with gold uh, trim along the edges of the pages and gold writing It was in Sanskrit and it kept flipping. It was the hugest book I'd ever seen. And the pages were flipping so fast. I kept thinking in my head, slow down, slow down. Wow. And this went on for two weeks, all night long, like no joke for two weeks. And I went into work and I went out for lunch with my colleague, who is a very dear friend of mine. And she said, uh, no offense, but you kind of look a little bit tired. I said, oh, you have no idea. I've not been sleeping for two weeks. I have this recurring dream. I told her, she goes, well, Jennifer, you're connected with your guides. Why aren't you just asking your guides what this dream means? And I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing I'd ever heard because I'm like, of course. So that night I went to bed. And I said, okay, you guys, I really need to sleep. And I know you have a message for me. So tonight, please make this the night that you're providing me with complete clarity about what's in this book, why you're showing it to me. Allow me to remember everything you tell me when I'm waking up and allow me to go back to sleep once you tell me. So at about two in the morning, I remember looking at my clock. It was actually 2.11 in the morning. And I heard, these are the Akashic records. You must learn them so you can teach them. And I, and I remember going, oh, thank God. <laughs> I knew what they were. And I just went to sleep like, okay, got it. So I woke up the next morning and just started going to work. And then interestingly, within about 24 hours, I had all these random people going, hey, so-and-so thought I should get in touch with you. Do you do Akashic Record readings? I didn't have a website at that point. I- no, and you never advertised for it? No, because I wasn't even in wow. in business at that time. I was doing it very much on the QT. And, uh, so then I was like, okay, well now I know, but to your point around the text, yes, that's how, that can be how it be, how it is. And you have your own book, right? So you have a book that's all about you, every, everything you've done, experienced, thought, etc. You have a book that's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wow. And we can go in and shift perspective to your point before about future, because as soon as we shift our experience of an event or our perception, If you think about it as a child, like just recently, I spoke with my mom about my old childhood dog, and they kept taking it away from me and giving it back to the shelter. And I was five, I was very bonded with this dog, and it was super upsetting to me. And I thought, why are my parents being such a-holes and taking my dog away from me? Like, why are they trying to punish me in this way? It's such emotional cruelty. It's so ridiculous. And because I had gone and picked up the dog and then we thought it was a girl and it ended up being a boy. And they, I didn't know this because I just thought, oh, they were done with it. One day I came home and they finally gave it away for good and the dog never came back. Mm. They tended to live on a farm. And uh, my mom told me, because my dog that I have now looks almost identical to that dog. No accident, I guess. Right? I didn't realize it until after I got her. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that they love her and they're like, oh my goodness, we just love looking after her all the time. And it reminds us of Barney, who was this dog. And you can't even know that first Christmas, what it was like to to not have him around. We loved him so much. It was so hard for us to give him away. 
he just was a dog that couldn't be tamed and he needed to run wild on a farm. There was no amount of training that would help him. And it put it because I didn't know they were upset because I didn't see that as a child. My point for sharing this is we have experiences like that all the time where we have a limited understanding of what happens and our perception is based on the limitation of our understanding. So we pocket a story. So the story I pocketed was I can't trust my parents because they're going to give me things and take them away from me. And so then that impacts our future abundance quotient, right? Because why am I going to manifest if it's just going to be taken away? That's just an example, but we all have that. And when we work in the records to shift our perspective and get the other aspects of the event that we may not have been able to see at that time, not just from this lifetime, but from other lifetimes, Uh, Like I have a lot of healers that are worried about persecution when we understand that, no, actually that particular thing that you were accused of wasn't your fault. Just hearing that in and of itself is so freeing for people. They're finally willing to speak their truth in day-to-day reality because they're no longer waiting for someone to literally chop their head off or to send them to jail or to banish them from the tribe or whatever the case may be. So it's a really great tool and aligning us with the truth, just being in the vibration of it, even if you never ask a question, is enough to heal us because we align with the vibration of our soul. It's like a homecoming. It's very emotional for a lot of people, like good tears, right? Like wedding tears. And then hearing the truth, as we know, sets us free. We hear that all the time. It's actually true. When we get the full perspective of various situations or we get the full perspective of who we really are, no, you know, like a lot of people will say to me, I don't know if I'm really here for a purpose. I don't know if I really matter. I don't know if I belong here. I'm like, um, you know what? You're not a faulty factory product. Like the universe didn't just go, oopsie doopsie. We let that faulty Um, toy, you know, go through on the conveyor belt. But mm, they're taking up space on the planet. I guess we'll just leave them there. No, we all (laughs) I don't think the universe makes that many accidents. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But we're just so cute as human beings, right? Because there's other stories at play. But when people hear, oh, yeah, actually, your life really matters, and here's how it matters, and here's how it can continue to matter, and here's what you're here to learn, and here's what you're here to share, and you're welcome to do whatever else you wish in your lifetime and make it as as bountiful as you like, uh, it's very freeing for people. We We are freed from even phobias that we don't understand. Like, why do some people have arachnophobia in this lifetime when they've never even seen the spider? And it can be very paralyzing. They don't travel the places they want to, let's say like Costa Rica or um, Africa or places where it's understood that the, you know, you're, you're likely to encounter certain spiders um, and maybe they're having this really soul, um, soulful pull towards those locations to reclaim aspects of themselves from other lifetimes and yet they can't bring themselves to go because they're afraid of spiders. Go in the records, they get understanding of why they're afraid of it and boom. They've booked a, a flight within 24 hours. So it's as, it's as profound as it needs to be and as simple, right? Like that seems simple maybe to some people. Like, oh, you're afraid of spiders. Get over it. No, if it's paralyzing you or, you know, a fear of heights or a fear of crowds or whatever may be paralyzing folks, it doesn't have to be real for you. It's real for that person experiencing it. And just getting a different perspective is very freeing on a civil level. Wow. I'm hearing so many different stories and it's been on the podcast before someone believed that our old souls, like right now in this human life, we don't really access our old souls stories and fears because otherwise we would be paralyzed today and wouldn't be able to really live, um, Mm -hmm. you know, our life because we've gone through so much, but maybe there's little triggers from our old soul. I'm figuring out how to best interpret this for myself. What is your, you've had such a profound experience. This isn't even one of my questions, but you're talking so much (laughs) about past lives. What is your opinion on what's your experience with past life regression? Well, I mentioned that I did it when I was four and, Mm -hmm. um, there was a group called the Evergreens. I don't know who's channeling them now because the humans that were channeling them, that sounded very disturbing of me to say. I apologize. Um, yeah, so there, there's people that do past life regressions and they can actually ch- actually channel beings of light, not unlike what um, Esther Hicks does, right, where you're channeling a certain group or mm-hmm. – Collective um, consciousness. I say entity, but yeah, like a, like a positive entity. Yeah. And then there are folks, like I actually trained with Dolores Cannon several years before she passed away and um, did the Life Between Life reviews, which is really powerful because what paralyzes all of us is fear, right? And when we realize, and fear of dying, I should say. So 
on some level, if we really peel back a lot of what our fears are, we ultimately catastrophize and think that eventually this will lead to my death if I follow through with X. So when you do a life between life review and you realize what you've already contributed, how you've impacted others, what you're still here to do, and that there is no harm in that space, meaning you're in such an expansive place in the universe that there's no consciousness of fear. Like if someone were to say to you, how fearful do you feel right now? You'd be like, I don't even understand what fear is. What are you talking about? I just feel, you know, infinite and expansive. When you're in that place and you come out of that, it's so much easier to live your life because you already know what's going to happen after you leave your body. You've literally experienced it mm, yeah, and it's only positive, right? So it allows you to actually take in way more life because, um, you know, you, you've seen what's really going to happen. Now, that being said, and I love Dolores and it's great work, but those sessions were like five or six hours. Not everyone's easily regressed because some people have control issues and rightly so. I mean, why would you let someone take you into an altered state of consciousness if you've had sexual abuse in the past or, you know, something that keeps you just unconsciously afraid all the time? Some people are too in their left brain and they just, their logical mind can't see how this is going to work and they want to kind of argue in their head and they're, they're fighting in their head, right? Yeah. There is a way that I do that in the Akashic Records. Mm to be way more efficient and have people be fully present and conscious and do a life between life review, far more efficient, uh, allows people to feel far more empowered and in control because they're not closing their eyes and lying down on the table and experiencing weird things, Um, but still has the same effect, which is, oh, wow, actually life is pretty awesome after a body. Okay, I'm just going to make the most of this. How cool that I've been given this fun toy to play with, this body where I have to learn how to bring energy down from the universe and try to stay grounded on the planet. And last month I went to Mexico and I swam with the dolphins. Oh, wasn't planning on it. It just it happened. And for anyone listening, no, I, I actually did my research. It's a it was a really cool dolphin sanctuary. It's a socially responsible company. They're doing all kinds of education and cleaning up the water and doing all kinds of amazing healing work with the dolphins. I love the disclaimer. <laughs> well, no, because I know like I'm a big animal proponent, right? Yes. And and I love all 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 creatures on the planet. So I'm not a big fan of supporting companies that mm. are unethical. This company was SeaWorld. All that to say that we yeah, are we're in we're in uh, salt water, and then you've got these big like um, life jacket thingies on. And I don't weigh very much. I don't mean like oh I don't weigh much, huh? But like I you know it's already hard for me to stay grounded. But I remember thinking this is what it's like for so many humans. We're trying so hard to ground our energy, and I had to keep asking if it was okay if I was um, treading water with my feet. Because I couldn't touch the ground, even though it was only like a a meter and a half below me, because the salt water was so buoyant and my my life jacket was so buoyant and I wasn't, you know, weighing as much as maybe I could have to to ground me a little more. But that's what we that's what we're here to master. I use that as an analogy because we're so used to flying around the universe in our light bubble, basically as a little spark of light zip zip zipping around the universe. To actually be given this dense um, gravity-oriented thing that we have to live in, this spaceship Mm -hmm. that we have to live in and try and keep it on the ground and create within the limitations of this gravity vessel is pretty impressive. It's super easy for us to to zip around, right? Yeah. Um, Without a body. But wow, this is kind of a cool toy. (laughs) Let's see what I can do with this. (laughs) I'm truly not afraid to die anymore just knowing this and carrying Mm -hmm. this around. I used to be so afraid of death. And of course, that was a fear that paralyzed me from, you know, so many potentials and potential realities that I could create and manifest in my life. And now knowing this and what happens after in our life and why I, I mean, I'm here right now for a reason. And, you know, when I'm gone, mm-hmm. I'll be gone, but I won't be. I love it. I love that you're living your life to the fullest because you just know. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about taking in as much life as possible, just on a very practical level, because I know ultimately people are wondering, well, how do I make room for more money in my life? And money isn't the root of all evil. It's actually a part of your dream team if you allow it to be. And it's a great resource for your purpose. It just allows you to express your purpose more expansively and more quickly, right? It just gives you speed. 
and money like speed uh, in general. But when we're taking in more life, money just shows up because we're here to take in as much life as possible. We're here to take in as many experiences as, po- as possible to grow and evolve and have a great time. So money's naturally going to show up when we stop contracting our energy and we start expanding. And money as an energy is expansive. It's not contracting. So it makes sense that the more we contract, the more all of the energy that's around us contracts as well. The more we expand, it expands with us. Yes. Oh, and you have healed and helped hundreds of thousands of people with their money story, what you call a money story, which is brilliant. I know that myself and I shared my money story with the tribe recently and why I easily, well, used to, I want to start using that, used to fall into a scarcity mindset because, well, short, long story short, <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, I grew up, well, fairly spoiled, and I'm just not embarrassed to admit that anymore because that's my truth and that polarity from today is who I am now and made me the person I am today, but I was very spoiled because my dad was more than well off, and so I lived like this princess in a palace, and then one day he was indicted and we went bankrupt and you know, I lost, we lost everything and everything shifted and just flat out broke and could barely afford groceries, you know? And it's been over a decade since the government took everything away. And I'm still, you know, healing from that experience in a sense. My mindset is, which recently though, this past year, because I started owning all of my stories, I've collected more abundance, you know, within all parts of my being, including my bank account, but all over. And so my listeners, though, the soul tribe is what we call them, or yomis, I (laughs) (laughs) I know, I've received emails from 15-year-olds and even a 12-year-old and women in their 40s, like all ranges of all ages. But I am shifting away from my old mindset and sharing this with them, and I want them to learn and recognize their worth and their money story now. So it doesn't take them a decade to finally release these limiting beliefs and the scarcity consciousness. And so you, I'm so curious, how would you define a money story? And what is something we can do today to heal from that? Well, first of all, I want to actually give you a huge high five for sharing that because (laughs) I got chills and I know, and I only say that because I know that that actually helps a lot of people. We all have a money story and we're always going to have a money story. So it's not about uh, whether we have one, it's about how healthy we're committed to making it. And one of the things that we all have in common is we have some degree of shame around money, either because we've personally done something or made a choice that we wish we hadn't have made or something happened to us. I don't mean in a victim way, but we're just a byproduct of someone else's choices. Then it affects us. And in fact, I've worked with a lot of clients over the years, Raquel, Mm -hmm. that went through similar things to you where their dad made some decisions and ended up bankrupting the family because of the choices that they made or just who they were connected with or something, right? He was actually innocent, but I just want to add that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's whether someone's thrown under the bus or whether someone's actually done something, but yeah. And, um, and so then there, you know, then that added piece is the injustice and we already feel that money isn't fair and how come this person has money and I don't or things like that, just based on how we're conditioned socially. And that starts at a young age. So the fact that you're willing to share that and just because we we will hold on to our stories because we're ashamed of people finding out on some level. Yeah. Oh, I was ashamed until a week ago. Yeah. As soon as we let go of the shame, which is like a heavy wet blanket, um, it it frees us, right? And and for the people that want to judge you for that or make you wrong or um, you know push and pull with you or ever, just like you said, they're not part of your tribe, but the gift that you're giving to people that need permission to release their own money shame, whatever that is, um, is huge, right? Like that's a far greater gift. So I just want to celebrate you for that because I can imagine (laughs) it's hard, right? It's, it's, we think it's easier to hold that stuff in, but actually it's very freeing. And that's part of the money story stuff, right? It's never about the money. It's about what money represents. Yes. Right. So a lot of people, for example, are raised to believe that money is love. So if it's always withheld, or it's only given conditionally, then we learn that we're not lovable, Mm -hmm. that we're not likable, that we're not worthy. 
that we're not deserving. So why would we give ourselves a pay raise in our business if we're not worthy and deserving? Why would we allow in more clients, even though we desperately want to serve more clients, but how come I can't attract more clients? Well, it's because we're afraid they're going to find out that we don't love ourselves and we don't think we're deserving and who's going to want to work with me anyways. That's just an example, right? But it's common enough because I talk to people all the time about this stuff. So what I what I would love for everyone to do is to write out one of the new cool things I'm working with right now. So let me backtrack. So each of us has a set point for worthiness and we have a set point for deservingness and we think they're the same energy, but they're actually different. So for example, with me, I can set my prices and be totally comfortable with my prices. Yeah, I'm worth that. Of course I'm worth that. Look at my background. Look at, you know, yes. the kind of transformation I've helped people with. Of course I'm worthy of that. But then the volume of people that I think would be signing up for that maybe isn't the same. I'm again, just using this as an example. So I go, wait a minute, how come I'm not able to crack the code of why I believe I'm worthy, but yet people aren't showing up. I really feel like I've embodied this rate. And I go, oh, it must be my deserving set point. It's one thing to know you're worthy. It's another thing to really feel deserving of receiving it. Mm, Like truly, truly feel it, not just say it, but actually feel that you deserve it. Yeah. Exactly. Especially because we have stories like we're not worthy of money unless we've worked hard for it. Oh. The only legitimate <laughs> way to work or to make money is to be, you know, actively involved. So when you're running programs, if you're running a group program, oh my goodness, but I'm not ever giving everyone personalized attention. Am I worthy of this? Am I deserving of this? Or, oh, I've now made this a digital product. Am I deserving of being paid for something that I already created two years ago? We have all these stories that go on. And what I want you to try for everyone listening is write out, I am worthy statements and I am deserving statements. So how it's going to look is like this. I am deserving of getting paid what I'm worth, even though I don't always believe it's true. I am still deserving. I am deserving of attracting my divine life partner, even though I'm not entirely comfortable in my body right now, I'm still deserving right? So whatever those things are that you want to work through, play around with those statements, I can guarantee is going to shift energy so quickly. And when I share this, as I mentioned, we all have a money story. So every time I decide I'm going to up level my money story, you can bet what comes up, right? I have to check in on what's my worthiness set point, what's my deservingness set point, and are they vibrating where I want them to? Because if they're not, then I simply need to do a little bit of mindset work and energy work like I just shared right now to get myself back on track. Yes. And I know it sounds simple, but it's literally like five minutes of your time, if that. And then um, the other things, you know, one of the things I discovered years ago, I decided I was going to write a love letter to my business. I felt disengaged with it. I loved it. I loved what I did. But I also really didn't like my business. It was a weird feeling to be in. I felt really guilty about it because I loved being a healer and I loved helping people. What I didn't realize at the time was that I was burnt out and I had outgrown my business model. And I was still operating as a startup mentally, right? Even though I was in an expansion phase. So I was, I had to line everything back up again and I had to rejig my business model. Once I did that, I fell in love with my business again and poof, here we are. But at the time, I was selling my time like crazy. I was working seven days a week. I, uh, I had four satellite offices, like trying to accommodate everyone in all kinds of different time zones. And I was so grateful to be in that place and yet not grateful, right? So that, that really felt wonky in my energy field. Anyways, I wrote a letter to my business. You know, I'm sorry. I don't like you right now. And I do like you. And I don't like having this, these mixed feelings about you. And thank you so much for giving me the life I love. And I realize I, I really need to let go of being in an employee mindset and waiting for all of this to disappear, but whatever I wrote. And here's the type of relationship I do want to have with you. I want to have a lifetime partnership with you. I want to co-create and have fun and help lots of people and blah, 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 whatever I wrote. And then it hit me, ding, 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 ding. I need to write a love letter to money. So imagining money as a person, because that is an extension of source and it is an energy body. I said, uh, money, I'm just going to be honest here. I'm really angry with you. Like I ask you to show up and you show up sometimes and you don't show up other times. And when I need you, you don't seem to be there for me. And I know you're there for me, but I don't actually feel like you're there for me. And then I went, oh, that's my dad. Oh. And then I had this huge epiphany, right? 
So that's when I really realized, oh, whatever we're experiencing with money are the relationships that we're projecting onto it. And so I actually had fun after that. I'm like, I wonder who I'm going to uncover in my money story today, right? So I would write, okay, I'm really angry at you. Oh my goodness. Now I realize you're my dad. Okay. You know what? I'm now going to allow you to provide for me. I'm now going to open my heart and trust you, even though you've given me reasons not to trust that you're going to be there for me. I'm now choosing to have this kind of relationship with you. And every day I would write a love letter to money. Right. And sometimes when I say love letter, I mean, sometimes it was just an honest, like, I'm pissed at you. You're, you're not there for me. What's happening? Other times I realized it was relationships with women that um, I was expecting to be banished from the tribe or judged or any of those kind of things. So it became a really cool experiment to see, okay, what is layered into my money story? And and what are my past experiences that I'm needing to heal so that money can just be what it always wanted to be, which is a neutral energy that's just part of my dream team to help me live my purpose. Yes, I am going to sit down and write a love letter to not only money, but my business and perhaps relationships or Mm -hmm. my future soulmate. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) who is my soulmate at this moment? But I just don't know him yet. But oh, that is. Yeah, exactly. That is so healing. What a powerful tool that you just gave us. Thank you. In order for us to heal our money story and actual physical, practical tool instead of having to do deep dive work, just write it out. And I'm assuming you're talking about with mm-hmm. your hand, like use your actual hand, don't type it on the computer. Yeah, I use my actual hand, but I'm a tactical person. Like I still really like holding a physical book versus like a digital book, things like that. That's just me. Fair enough. Uh, and I like having pretty journals. I actually, it's one little tip I can give, like the prettier the journal, the more appealing it is. I mean, whatever, right? Yeah. It could be oh. stripes and rainbows. It could be unicorns. It could be pretty flowers, whatever your thing is, whatever makes you, makes it hard for you to not pick up your journal is the journal you want to buy. Like you can't imagine not holding it in your hands. It's so stunning. That's the journal. And I know sometimes those journals are 10, 20 bucks, but honestly, you're probably not going to write in your journal if it's just a you know, notebook from the dollar store. Right. Oh, that is so true. Or you're just not going to resonate with it. Yeah, exactly. Like you want to feel that it's holding the vibration. Yes, exactly. And helps. that's what helps you get into alignment as well. A nice journal that you can actually vibrate with. Wait, ooh, speaking of alignment, I'm so curious because you're so connected. When you do feel out of alignment or disconnected with yourself, do you have any rituals or routines or tools you go to in order to get back into alignment with yourself and your soul purpose? Well, in fact, I do. And how much time do you have? (laughs) I have plenty of time. Uh, Yeah. Every day I start with writing in my journal and I start with intention. So I look at my day the night before. I'm like, okay, I have a full day of clients tomorrow because I'm really good at blocking my time for days I'm going to serve in my business and days I'm going to work on my business and days that are free time. So uh, if it's a day that I'm with clients, I'm like, okay, my intention is to be the highest channel possible and to love up my clients and just see them in the purest light possible and help them have the most amazing breakthroughs that we never could have hoped for or imagined. And I want to have so much vitality for them and so much clarity and whatever I'm going to say, right? And so that shapes my day. And if it's a play day, you know, or maybe I want a peaceful, like restful day, because think about it. If I decide I want a peaceful day, Am I going to be responding to emails and phone calls? Probably not, Mm. right? If I'm willing to honor that. Because as soon as I open emails, emails are other people's agendas. Phone calls are other people's agendas. And there's nothing wrong with people having agendas. It's just that if I want peace that day, I can't allow other people's uh, agendas to infiltrate that. Because it's not of service to what I need in that moment in time, right? So our intentions are always going to shape the very mundane choices we make throughout the day. And, well, big choices too, right? So that's how I start my day. And I also listen to classical music while I'm doing that. So I often will pull up YouTube, cute little tip, because it's free. Um, YouTube has a Mozart effect on there. I really like the Mozart effect because it's divinely channeled. And um, they have compiled his music in such a way that you can do it for focus, or you can do it for healing, or you can do it for clarity. Uh, and, and different things like that. So because of the high vibe of it and because it gets my brain where I want it to get without me having to work hard, I like to do that. And I, I certainly play classical music a lot during the day just because, again, it keeps my vibe high. I'm always diffusing essential oils because um, 
I figure like I don't want to spend a, a ton of energy dissecting and creating and so on. I want to just be able to set it and forget it and do things very efficiently. And then I have a formula and some people yes. are probably going to gasp at this and other people are going to maybe think, yes, Jennifer's given me permission to finally up my self-care. I love it. But I have a formula and I'm not saying it's a right formula, but it's my formula. And I do feel that when people do this, they feel a lot better. So for every day of service you give to people, you need to take at least one hour of service from someone else. You can't be the source of other people's transformation and the source of your own transformation because that means you're always the source, which means you're always um, serving. So it's all fine and dandy to, to draw your own bath and, and you know, light your own candles and make a meal for yourself that's lovely, all those kind of things. I'm not saying that's not good. What I'm saying is that as healers, we're very good at being in servitude or we're very good at being in service to the point that we can go over into the servitude realm, which is where money starts to fall away because servitude energy is I'm not worthy. I'm only here to serve. And we don't know how to be anything but a healer. We need to learn how to receive and we need to learn and we need to be discerning, right? Because not everyone has the capacity to hold space for us, but whether like I go for blowouts twice a week, uh, style and blow dry for people that don't know what blow <laughs> blows are. <laughs> and then I either go to an osteopath or I go for a massage or I go for acupuncture. I go for a facial, something like that. And yes, it's a bit of time I'm carving out, but I'm usually serving in my business three days a week. So I make a point of at least filling my cup three hours a week with some form of self-care from someone else, right? I need to really amp up my receiving muscles. And for any of you that have gone to someone who's been a massage therapist, let's say, or someone that's done your pedicure, or whatever, and they vomit all of their stuff on you, they're doing it because they're not filling their own tank. And they have such a need to get stuff off their chest and to recalibrate that they just do it with the next person in front of you, in front of them. And they go into a monologue. And I know all of you have experienced that at some point. I certainly mm -hmm. have. And it's because they're not taking care of themselves. And you don't want to be that person because you lose business because <laughs> people don't want to pay for the privilege of helping you work through your stuff. And they need to feel like, oh, for, for once, can't it just be about me? So when a practitioner is making it all about them, it's really challenging, right? For the rapport and for people to let you in and so on. But they're not doing it to be vindictive. They're doing it because they, ha they didn't have the awareness or they didn't give themselves permission, even if they had the awareness, to create that container for themselves so someone's actually nurturing them instead of them also being the source of their own nurturing. Wow, that is so, that's everything I needed to hear. And you don't have to actually go to talk to somebody and vomit all your stuff, which hopefully you have somebody to do that to at least one person. But even just the form of touch, like a massage or somebody sticking needles in your body. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that is more than enough of what you need. I needed to personally hear that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> so with this limited time, I have two last questions for you. Okay. All right. The universe gave you free billboards to share one message across the main highways <laughs> in major cities all around the world. What would these billboards read? Well, I was going to say something about ice cream, but. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a, that's a new one. Well, I would say be yourself. If I think of all the time and energy, and I'm sure everyone listening can relate, of times I've tried to be something I wasn't or worried too much about what I looked like, what I didn't look like, you know, any of that kind of stuff, um, your, your gold is in being, in your, being yourself. Yeah. Yourself is your gold, your magic. That's everything. And speaking of magic, that's the last question. How would you advise the Your Own Magic listeners to create their own magic? Well, um, it really starts with a decision, right? We There's a quote, and I'm not going to say it perfectly, but it's, it's from Alice in Wonderland. Like everyone wants to believe, everyone wants a miracle, but nobody wants to believe in magic. Or everyone wants magical results, but nobody wants to believe in magic. Yes. And that's so true. We have all kinds of um, constructs around what it means about us if we believe in magic and we use the word magic and people are going to think we're a, we're a weirdo or what are people going to think of me? 
And we first have to start believing that it's actually possible and that we were designed to be magic. We already have everything we need. And everything that you want to create for yourself has already been created in the divine mind. The imprint of that formula is already in the divine mind. You simply need to be willing to ask for it and ask for the download to come to you as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, one, you had my heart at Alice because she's my spirit cartoon, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I am so beyond thankful for all the wisdom you shared. Jennifer, you are absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so thankful for this connection now. I know. Thank you for having me. This went by so fast. I have so many more questions in mind. Can you please tell the Euromagic listeners, where we can find you? Well, I do spend a lot of time on Facebook. I actually have a group called The Purpose Posse. Cute. And uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. And uh, then on my website, which is going to be new soon. So don't judge my website shame that I have right now. But on my website, I have a free gift about how to, well, how to accelerate your soul. It's um, www.souljourneys.ca forward slash soul. And uh, then you can claim that download. I've got questions in there to get more clear on your purpose and way more information about the Akashic Records and how they can help you. And um, that's a great way to stay in touch as well. Yes, I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. Jennifer, thank you so much. I am so happy right now. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yomis, that is a wrap. I hope this episode was expanding for you in some way, shape, or form. Feel free to visit our site at yourownmagic.com or check out my shop, eyesofaspen.com. Connect with the other Your Own Magic listeners. We would love to see more conversations started on the Your Own Magic Facebook group. So with all that being said, thank you so much again for tuning in and I hope you have a magical rest of your day.